0: So often expectations are the robber of joy because the reality is most of life doesn't go how we expect it. Most things don't turn out exactly how we would write it in our perfect world. And so it's learning how to be able to look at a situation and go, even though this didn't go the way that I planned or how I planned, is there still goodness wrapped up in this moment? And can I have eyes to see it even in my grief.
1: If God has called you to be a parent, then He has called you to something amazing and terrifying, and messy, and stressful, and isolating. But I am here to tell you that you are not alone. I'm Summer Shepherd, and this is No Seriously, How Do I Do This? There's something that we all have, every last one of us, and it's damaging. It's something that we inherit from our families. It's something that we acquire from culture. Social media plays a big part in it magazines, the news, we all have this thing, and it's hurting us big time. Expectations. (laughs) Expectations for ourselves, expectations for our kids, our spouses, situations. This should feel this way. This should go this way. I should be able to do this thing. I shouldn't want to do this thing. Those kinds of expectations destroy us. Some of them are big and wrong. Some of them are just maybe a little unrealistic. (laughs) My daughter, my daughter has some pretty lofty expectations. Oh, yeah. Uh, In fact, I caught her singing a song she wrote about one such expectation while she was going to the bathroom. (laughs) And like the exceptional mother that I am, I did what was only reasonable to do in that situation. And I started recording her. she needs a daily massage. (laughs) Yeah, kid, me too. I mean, it takes a strong person to know their mind and that confident that she could just burst in song, expressing her needs to whoever might be listening. And she wasn't done. Oh, it got more specific. I
0: need a daily massage with special
1: lotion. With special lotion. And with that, my daughter starts carrying with her expectations into the rest of her life destined to be disappointed. (laughs) I'd love to make that dream come true for her. I really would. But there's also, you know, a lesson opportunity here in managing expectations, which is something that I know I've had to learn the hard way throughout my life. And so is Hope. Now, I had an opportunity to hang out with Hope Darst You might know her song, Peace Be Still. And I got to be honest, when I turned on the mics, I wasn't quite sure what we were going to talk about. This wasn't an interview I'd really prepped. And it found its way, though. (laughs) And though I planned to conduct it, when we got started, Hope had some questions of her own.
0: I have so many questions about what it is to have multiples after singles. Like, is it just throw your world upside down? Oh. Or do you feel like because you'd had two kids, you were just like, I know it's going to be crazy. So, like, do you feel like you were just mentally just more like, I know what we're getting into even – you don't fully, but you know what I mean? Like you've already surrendered to motherhood on some level. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How's no. that been for you? Um, it, I will be honest that it was not good news when I found out that we were having twins, that. when we were in that ultrasound, we had, this is right before COVID went nuts. And so it was maybe, oh it was gosh. maybe January, February, early February. And so my kids are there and my husband's there oh, no. and we're all sitting there and I'm like watching this ultrasound and I've done this a couple times. And you're like, this looks different. I'm like, <sighs> I, I just wasn't computing. And so the ultrasound tech's like, well, okay. So this is like the amniotic sac and this is a baby. I'm like, okay. And this is a baby. Oh. <laughs> like, my husband and I just look at each other and we're like, Oh, tears just, just start streaming down oh no, my face, oh no, oh and it wasn't oh like no. I was upset, but it and was just overwhelming. Shocking. It's overwhelming. I had not expected this. We had always said even numbers, I'm like two or four. <laughs> um, but two, two was good, and it was going good, and it was easy, and it was one of those things like, maybe Here it's too easy. Maybe okay. it's not supposed okay. to be this easy. Mm-hmm. Maybe this mm-hmm. means I have capacity Ooh, for girl. more. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Lord. And and Adrian had recently gotten laid off and we were going to stop. Like we had planned, okay, maybe we'll try for a third. And then we're like, okay, well, maybe not. Maybe the timing's wrong. Too late, lady. My sister had found out she was pregnant. Stop. And we had always wanted to do that together. Together. And we're just like, okay, okay, we're going to trust the Lord. (laughs) We go in and it's twins. The hardest part was five days after I found out we were having twins, um, which hadn't even settled yet we found out my sister was losing her child because, you know, not only is my sister, my best friend, mm-hmm. but it's like that guilt here. I mean, I'm not grateful yet for oh, these twins. Oh, I, I have, I that. have four babies. and She can't even have one. And my sister, my, my the girl who I would like protect from anything, yeah. but it was 20 something weeks into the pregnancy before I was even happy. About it. I mean, I think
0: to be honest, I don't think women talk about that Pardon. Mm-hmm enough we Mm -hmm. have two miracle babies we weren't supposed to have children so we have two miracle daughters and then i got pregnant a third time when i didn't want to be pregnant Mm -hmm. and it was brutal i just cried and cried and cried and cried for weeks and weeks and weeks and i just could not mentally like get on board with it Mm -hmm. and then you feel shame Mm -hmm. because you're just like but god i know like i know you know what's best like i know like you have a plan that i can't see right now but like my heart just cannot; it's not getting there. And it took me—I find out really early, early, early in my pregnancies. And I was eight weeks along and had known now about five weeks. And I just could not like that mental thing wasn't coming mm-hmm. of just excitement and joy. And and then I started to lose the baby. Oh. And then the grief you process after that of going, oh my gosh, like did I cause so much stress on my body because I didn't. I didn't get on board. And like, you just, there's so much mentally that, that goes into the process of becoming a mother that I just don't think is talked about enough Mm -hmm. to like, and giving space for women to say like, Hey, it's okay. If you need a minute to get on board, it's okay. If your heart isn't just like leaping for joy, like God's going to, he's going to walk you through even that journey as well. And it was hard. It was hard to grieve the loss of that baby because you know, you feel like I never even got on board. Like, mm-hmm. and now I'm mourning and, and it wasn't like a relief. It, it just was guilt. Like it was a deeper level of guilt. And it took me a couple of years to process it and go through it. And strange too, when we had not told anyone. Mm-hmm. So now there's like mm-hmm. the complication of like, how do I tell you I lost a baby when you didn't even know I was pregnant? And so you find yourself just not telling anyone. And years went by probably before I told people, because it always just felt like this awkward, like, How do you bring that up in conversation? And it's just crazy how motherhood, that part of motherhood, I don't think we do a good job talking about it. And then on the other side, the nursing. Mm -hmm. I just don't think we talk about how hard it is. It's so Mm -hmm. hard to nurse babies.
1: (laughs) And and here's the thing that, that goes into that too. Like you're talking about feeling that guilt. For not feeling joy. Sure. We put that pressure on ourselves, right? Totally. Because we're like, oh, so many people want to have babies and here I'm oh, not even excited for I the one. couldn't even have
0: babies. Yeah. And now I've got two miracle children. Now I'm in a third miracle mm-hmm. and I'm going, I should only be grateful. Like my sister-in-law is struggling to get pregnant. My friends are same. Like everyone around me is struggling. And here I am in an abundance of God's goodness and I'm still ungrateful for it. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it, Theologically, it goes against everything you believe. I think, just as a woman, you know, you struggle, and yet, you know, I think on that flip side of it, it's given me a deep, deep, deep compassion for women who walk through this. It doesn't make the sting less, you know. Like, but I also, I just trust that Lord. He He knows what needed to happen in that season, and we just leave that thing. You know, you leave the unknown things in His hands, and you trust. So it's a crazy journey. I
1: mean, it's it's hard, and there's so much. That we feel guilty for. Like you you know you're saying you're feeling (laughs) you're feeling guilty that you don't feel more excited. Oh yeah. And then you almost feel guilty for grieving because what right do I have to grieve? I didn't even get excited. Yes. And then I feel you know, I feel guilty for all of my friends who want to have kids i yes. feel I feel guilty for all the people I know in the world who would be excited. Yep. And we put so much on ourselves, and then with the nursing, it's like <sighs> I feel guilty that this isn't just filling me with euphoria mm-hmm. and satisfying my life because isn't it supposed to It's yes, like the
0: baby screaming I'm crying, this is painful. I don't want to do this. I'm not sleeping like no one really. I think, I think more and more women are talking about it, but Mm -hmm. you know, I think in general, you know, we're going to talk about the thrush and the aching and the engorging and the pain and Mm -hmm. the, and the just, were you like those moments where you're like, all you want to do is just actually take your baby and like, just take them off. And you're like, I don't even want to nurse you right now. This is so hard. And yet you're like, but I know this is best. And like, and then for my first one, like I got to nurse her for a year, but it was, It was like fighting tooth and nail for an entire year. Mm -hmm. My second one, I start to nurse. She's doing great. She's like four and a half months. And then suddenly, like, she starts losing weight. And we find out, like, her tongue is, like, not strong enough. Mm. And so then I have to pump for five. I don't have to, but I choose to pump because she was allergic to every formula. Oh, gosh. So I didn't even have a choice. And so I'm like, so I can't nurse you. I can't give you formula. You know, it's just a complicated journey for so many of us. And yet. It'd be great to see moms just give way more grace and way more space. Yes. To other moms to say, hey, whatever you need in this season, how can I support you right now? And I'll-
1: letting go of those expectations. Like yes. that is something that I I struggle with so much. Like when I got engaged, it's supposed to be, oh, this really euphoric time and everyone's <laughs> celebrating. And it just wasn't, to be honest. Like the 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 engagement itself, I ruined it. Like, I mean, <laughs> It was, was it, <laughs> how did you ruin an engagement? Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, um, yeah. No. So my husband and I were dating and I struggled so much with insecurity because mm. like I came from drug, sex, rock and roll. Like okay. I came to the Lord in my mid twenties. Wow. Um, and my husband was that pastor's kid that what, That he was a good pastor's kid, yep. right? Like he was yep. super vanilla. I was his first handhold.
0: Okay. And Mm -hmm. so
1: when he's telling me the sweet boys never had a girlfriend that he loves me and he wants to spend his life with me. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Like I've heard that, you know, and like, they, they love you so much until they don't anymore. And then they move on. And how Mm -hmm. many times have I been through that and got my heart broken by relationships? And so I knew that he meant it. And I'm like, I believe that you believe this, (laughs) but you have an out, like, please don't ever feel pressure. That you have to just marry me because you said you would. Like, I get how this works. I get that you'll love me until you don't anymore. And so we were together for uh, over a year and... I was just having one of those days. And a couple of days before that, I'd been working a music festival for my radio station and he was with me. And and one of the guys there was just like, Adrian, I want to see a ring on this finger in the next couple of months. And so now I'm like, oh, he's going to be so freaked out. He's going to feel pressure. Oh, you know, he rolled it. was like, You yeah. were freaking out. I was reality, freaking out. It was you my insecurities. Yes. And so this was just a couple of days ago. So it was just like now, fast forward, a random Tuesday. And we're just hanging out. Uh, we end up going to go see Batman, whatever the new Batman movie was. Okay. <laughs> and on the way we're driving and he puts on a song and it was like our song and mm-hmm. it was so sweet. I'm like, okay, I'm rocking out. And then the song ended and he gets like really flustered. And, and so he restarts it. <laughs> it didn't time right. Oh, and so you know, he restarts the song. I'm like, okay, I'm rolling with it. And before we go to the movie theater, he wants to, we have some time. So we go to this forest preserve that was by my house. And there was a special spot in the forest preserve that we liked. It was actually where he'd asked me to be his girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go for a walk. Great idea. <laughs> but now we're like sitting in the car because the song is still going and he he needs to finish the song. And sure, so I'm he like,
0: plans. he's got this whole thing.
1: And I'm just not seeing it. So the song ends... And we walk across and there is this really cute couple and they're doing their engagement pictures there. And he was so upset. He's like, what are they their daughter? And he's like all flustered. I'm like, what's your problem? They're taking pictures. We're invading their space. Stop. I have no idea that this is a thing. Right. And so like eventually they leave and we're walking around and he's trying to pick me flowers, but he's picking weeds. He doesn't know they're weeds. He's like, <laughs> these are pretty. So he's trying to like hand me these weeds. And at this point I'm still super like in my head about what this guy said. And so now the couple's gone and he takes me up to like the middle of this path. And then all of a sudden I start in on. So like what John said, did that freak you out? Because I don't want that to freak you out. I don't want you to feel any pressure. Like I get it. I get it. I'm worldly. I understand how this works. You really don't have to marry me. Oh my no, But I want to marry you. But. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. I know. But like, you don't have to, if you ever changed like, I know your that's
0: mind, what you think you know. that's fine. Yeah.
1: Like, I know, I know how this works. Oh and so he's just like, no, I want to, m- I want to marry you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. 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 Like, I know, I know you're so sweet. And so he's <laughs> just like, he ends up taking you by the shoulders Stop. and he's like, summer, I want to marry you and I'm still not getting it. So he gets down on his knee and
0: am, I'm starting to sweat. Oh I my gosh. I like He, I'm still, like, so, I so know, can I don't even and, know how this story works out, but I'm still, like, nervous going into this moment. He didn't have a
1: ring. He didn't, he didn't, this is where, like, the plan was, like, kind of half-baked, right? Okay, he okay, didn't have okay, a ring okay. or anything. So he takes off a ring I'm already wearing, and he's like, I want to marry you. He takes off my ring. Yes. And then, he, my favorite movie is Princess Bride, and my husband's a very <gasps> cheesy man. I love this. <sighs> So, so good. So we many times. He goes, he goes, Summer, will you be my princess bride? <laughs> and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? Stop. And he's like, he stands up. And he's like, I'm asking you to marry me. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. And I start arguing with him that he's not actually proposing. And... So, so eventually what he does is he pulls a card out of his wallet that he had picked up at a jeweler in Spokane when he was visiting me in college the year oh before gosh. that was the ring. I had found a ring I liked and he had gone to the jeweler and he had them write down all the information and he goes, this is the one you wanted. Right. And then it clicked. And you realized
0: like, this is real.
1: So then I'm all like, OMG my, this dude's actually, he actually this wants to marry real. me. Like, yeah. He's
0: not in the moment. He's, he's planned this, yeah. thought about this.
1: Yeah, and back when he'd asked me to be his girlfriend, the way he'd done that, because he's, you know, never done this before, we're walking, and he's like, so... What do we do about Facebook? Like that was how he asked cuz in his mind Facebook. we were already dating.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, that like makes me feel even older cuz when my husband and I started dating, today's actually our anniversary. We've been married <gasps> 16 years today. Happy
1: anniversary.
0: But we were like AOL Messenger, like Facebook was <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but he's yeah. like so so should we change like our relationship status or whatever? Is like oh, that. So that's, that's how he asked thing. me. Yeah. So then I get it in my head that he's actually asking me to marry him and I'm like so what do we do about Facebook? <laughs> like, do we put engaged now? Like, I mean, how does this anyways, so I my own insecurities ruined it, right? So but I had this expectation mm. of what it was gonna be like to be engaged. And I go to tell my parents, and it was like, oh, that's nice. And I'm like, should oh. I should I like go tell dad? Nah, I'll tell him. And it was like so I just didn't feel the excitement. Mm. His family thought it was too soon. I mean, we'd been together for over a year. We're both, you know, and whatever. They thought it was really quick. You know, no one cared. It was just kind of a like, and okay, it was, cool. A, and and, a, and worse, some people weren't happy. Okay, Aww. and so it was like this whole thing, and I was devastated because mm. I had this picture in my head of what it was going to be like to be engaged. Yeah, and now I'm planning this wedding by myself because I don't want to burden anybody. Sure, and I thought this would be the best time ever. The day of my wedding. I'm such a people pleaser, especially to my family. Mm. And so I'm sitting there terrified. And, and I love this man and I've committed. And at this point I'm stubborn. Mm. <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> You know, well, I'm going to do this no matter what, but am I making a mistake?
0: Mm.
1: You know, on my wedding day. Right. And, and I'm sitting and I'm like, this isn't the way it was supposed to go. A year later, I'm pregnant. I, you know, it was like on our anniversary or something. And like, I find out on my birthday, it was like all this, it was this great thing. You know, we weren't sad about it. But I discovered about myself that I am not one of those ladies that's going to sing to my belly. Like, I am just not <laughs> deeply maternally connected. I just feel awkward. I'm like, this yeah. is just big. Yeah. Like, this mm-hmm. doesn't
0: feel. I didn't sing to my belly if it makes you feel better. And
1: people would I be just like. Felt oh, large
0: and uncomfortable. Right. And yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm just supposed to be deeply in love with this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like th- that's what they tell me. I'm a, I'm a woman.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm supposed to be a mom. As soon as I find out I'm pregnant yeah. and I would just die. And I probably would, you know, for this baby, cause I know I'm supposed to, but it wasn't because I was just overcome with euphoric mm-hmm. love Yeah. and it wasn't until my child was born. Okay. And so my whole life, I feel like as an adult has been a series of unmet expectations and, and the mm-hmm. guilt I carry. And so when we found out that my Sister was losing her baby and we hadn't even celebrated ours yet. Like you were saying, it's like, what right do I have? What's wrong with me? I feel guilty. It's totally that there are starving children in Africa. Sure. Situation, like, why aren't you grateful for the broccoli Mm -hmm. on your plate? Don't you know there's people who would want this?
0: But don't you love how, like, even though we deal with that and we struggle with that in our humanity, there's still that side, though, that, like, being a mom – has also taught me the other side of that, that like when I watch my daughter's heart break over something or her disappointment break over something, even though I can logically go through like, this doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, Mm -hmm. I recognize to her little heart, it's a really big deal. And so it becomes important to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is just a reflection of the father's heart. Like even though there are starving children in Africa and that breaks God's heart, the little things that i'm walking through when they're really truly devastating to me regardless of the framework it breaks his heart that i'm hurting mm-hmm. now as a good father sometimes if i'm being ridiculous and my expectations are just off kilter he's also going to lovingly bring me into a place of going hey maybe this is an unhealthy expectation that you're you're living with you know i think so often expectations are the robber of joy mm-hmm because the reality is most of life doesn't go how we expect it. Most things don't turn out exactly how we would write it in our perfect world. And so it's learning how to be able to look at a situation and go, even though this didn't go the way that I planned or how I planned, is there still goodness wrapped up in this moment? And can I have eyes to see it, even in my grief, even in my loss? And I don't mean like, find it and like you're I just believe everything's good and God's I'm not talking about back. I'm talking about deep guttural knowing of like I am pouring out my tears. My heart is breaking. Nothing feels good. I'm confused. I'm devastated. I don't understand. And yet there is a knowing somewhere deep down in me that you're with me. You're here. You care about this and you're not going to leave me as we walk out this this situation and I think when i don't realize i have expectations until they're not met mm-hmm. and then having to go like oh wait i was wanting something and i wasn't being honest with myself i wasn't verbalizing that for myself or to anyone else and now i have to decide like am i going to allow that unmet expectation to turn into disappointment and bitterness and detachment from god from people or am i going to say okay God, I'm really disappointed about this. I'm really, this isn't what I want. I'm not loving this. Like, you know, give me as simple as I thought my engagement was going to be like this euphoric, amazing, you know, time of just like, you know, fireworks and flowers and celebrations. Or you'd at least just, have a ring. Or have a ring. <laughs> the same time, like it was still a good season of your life. Yeah, You were getting married. Someone left you and wanted to spend their life with you. And it seems like it's worked out pretty oh, good. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty rad. And so it's funny how, like, I think there's so much that comes after us to rob the joy of the season that we're in. Right. Mm-hmm. And fighting to go like, there's still joy here. You know, there's still joy somewhere in this, even if it's just for a sliver of a moment where you just feel a little bit of, sense of like, okay, God, I trust you, even though it didn't look the way I wanted Mm
1: -hmm. it to look. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have expectations on all sides of things. Like I shouldn't be happy about this. I should be happy (laughs) about that. Where we rob ourselves, not only of our joy, but we rob ourselves of our disappointment and we rob ourselves of our grief and I say that not that, Hey, those are really great places yes. I want to be, but sometimes there are places we need to go Absolutely. and we feel guilty for feeling yeah. badly because we're, we're co- like the comparison game. Mm. It goes so many different ways. Right. Like oh. you have the social media, you have the, the movies that are sh- saying like, mm-hmm. this is what a good life is. And you feel bad because you don't have that good life. Mm. But then on the other side, when you have something good, you're like, well, I'm afraid to celebrate this because
0: mm. other people
1: are struggling in sure. this way or but you have
0: to have it all. You yeah. have to have the grief and the joy, the disappointment and the heartache and the celebrating and the mm-hmm. like otherwise it's only a half-lived life. 16 years into marriage, we've had some hard seasons that have only made it richer, mm-hmm. that have only made me go when I wake up this morning and I'm writing in a card for my husband Those words are weighty. I'm not just saying I would choose you over and over again because I saw it somewhere. I'm saying I actually have chosen you over and over and over again in the really hard seasons and the really good seasons, and it's made this so much richer of a journey. But if you're not willing to do it all, the good and the bad, the hard and the ugly and the beautiful, it just is only a half-lived life. It's only a half-lived experience. And you know, I always say to people when they're walking through loss and grief, do not skip this moment Mm -hmm. because the loss and the grief that you feel is giving value to the thing that was significant in your life, whether that's a person or a job. And when we don't grieve it, when we don't allow ourselves the space for the disappointment and the loss, then it's like we're saying that was of no value. And that's not true because you wouldn't be feeling what you're feeling if it was of no value. So make sure you give this the grief and the space and the 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 tears and the yelling or whatever you need to give it, the disappointment, so that when you move into the next season, because life is seasons, you're not lingering in a mourning season when it's time for a joy season. Because so often we just wear a previous season into a new season of life because we never actually fully allowed that season to do what it needed to do and be what it needed to be even if you carry a little bit with you to have a tenderness in your heart, right. For others and compassion, you can't live there forever. Like it will crush you. It will destroy you. It will, it will rip you apart inside and out. So you want to give into it for a minute so you can walk out of that season really in a whole way versus just a halfway, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: and, and own it and let it sit, deal with it before you move on. Like I recently, (laughs) I worked this out in a post, it was a very like bipolar post on Facebook. Because I started, so my husband is a reservist soldier, among oh, other things.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for your service. We're <laughs> so grateful. And so this,
1: actually, he just came back from a three week stint where he was off doing some training. Okay. And so we found out he is going to be deploying for real. Oh, and wow. I'm sitting with this. And I'm, I'm struggling with the fact that he's about to leave and I have these little babies. And so the first thing I do is I go on Facebook and I start making a joke about it. Mm. And I start putting together this list of all the things I'm going to need in place when my husband deploys DoorDash credits. And I'm going to need, you know, a, a good therapist, and some you know, some massages, <laughs> which, is, which, is book, all true. which is all valid. But like, I was trying to do it like very sure. tongue in cheek. And then all of a sudden, as I'm writing this out, I'm like, no, you know what? No, 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 no y'all, this sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, and I am, I'm sad. as I'm typing this, I'm crying, yeah. you know, but, but with my first thought was, what right do I have? I mean, mm. come on, military wives deal with this all the time. Yeah. How many single moms are out there, maybe even reading this post that this is their life. Yeah. And, you know, or even my musician friends and their wives, you know, they're on the road all the time. I'm like, who am I to feel sorry for myself when there's so many that have it worse mm. than I do. And then I finally had to just sit with, you know, it's okay it's okay. It's okay to feel your feels as small as they might seem in the grand scheme of things. Like in this moment, those feelings, those emotions, those are real. And if you just ignore them and brush them off, yeah. they're not going to go away. They're going to get buried. They're going to get worse. It could turn into a resentment or a bitterness yeah. if maybe that emotion is in a situation or toward a person. For sure. It's like, feel it deal with it. Well, I then... think I
0: love that, you know, God's clear throughout His Word. Like, our feelings are not meant to be our masters. We can't be slaves to them. You can... mm-hmm. But He's acknowledging that they're real. Mm-hmm. He's acknowledging that your feelings exist. Your feelings are a part of your mind, body, and soul. And you can't just detach yourself th- from them completely. But you also can't make them... master of your life and so i think a lot of times we end up doing one or the other right we swing on the pendulum of i just live in my emotions i'm not rational i'm not actually allowing the truth of god's word to help me get out of this i'm just like i am what i feel which isn't that part of like our culture right now i just am what i feel this is my truth this is my Mm -hmm. feeling well i'm like well actually no we are who god calls us to be and who god says we are So on this side of it, on the other side of the pendulum, you can go so far into that and just be like, nope, I'm who God says I am. I'm an overcomer. I'm strong. I'm not going to feel this. I'm going to deny this. And then you're, you're not actually acknowledging the part of it that makes you actually really tender and need God. The vulnerability of like, Jesus, I don't know how to walk this out like, I don't know what to do with these emotions. I'm scared. I'm, I'm worried. How am I going to manage four kids and twins on my husband's clear across the country? I'm looking at the current world right now. And that feels really scary to do that. Or like for me, I'm a mom of a teenager right now. And I have real emotions of, I don't know how to navigate teaching you about the world right now in a way that is going to protect you from wanting to just try everything and do everything. And run down a course that i know is only going to lead you to heartache and and i have nights where i'm up at night going lord i don't know what to do like mm-hmm. i don't know how to navigate this and i have real anxiety and i have real fears and worries and if i were not acknowledging that and i'm just shutting that off where is the i need you jesus cuz i don't have the answers i don't know how to save her and rescue her only you do. Only you have a strategy for how I can parent her. And if I'm not acknowledging these feelings, then I'm not having real conversations with you, the one who knows what's best for me, for her, for you, for your husband and your kids. And so I think it's, again, it's it can't be one or the other. It has to be this yeah. beautiful, really messy tension of it all as we're walking it out, right? Like doing it hand in hand with the father, with friends, with moms, you know, I mean, Goodness when I was in your phase of like that season of like really little babies I my tendency was to isolate uh, in the beginning. It was like, I have to figure it all out, right? Like I needed, what is the method? What's the system? Like what's going to be our schedule? And how, you know, thinking that was the solution and realizing it just is making me a neurotic basket case. And you know, I remember one night my husband came in and goes, you can't buy any more books and I'm going to burn all the ones you have. He was like, you're becoming a crazy person. And I was, I remember just like sitting in my daughter's nursery when she wouldn't go to sleep for hours and hours and hours, just screaming, crying. And I'm in the, corner in the dark, like in fetal position, just like, I don't know what to do. And I'm sleep deprived and I'm losing my mind. You know, I remember that season. And eventually I just felt like the Lord said, quit doing it alone. And they were holy moments of God showing up in you know, dirty diapers and endless laundry and just being able to say like, I'm overwhelmed, I don't know how to do this. I, my laundry hasn't been done in three weeks. I don't remember the last time I didn't do takeout. And, you know, just all the things that we were talking about earlier, the guilt and the shames and getting it out, like not carrying it all by yourself. To literally lean in and go, Jesus, I need you and I need you in flesh. So give me the people around me in this season that can walk the season out with me and keep pointing me back to you Telling me when I'm getting a little too crazy in my head, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also giving me space to admit what's going on. Truth gets started to get really distorted in my own brain by myself. And I've had to, over the years, allow some people, some really close people into my life that I can pick up the phone and go, here's what's going on in my brain. I need I need you to tell me, is this truth or is this not truth? Is this panic and anxiety wanting to rear its ugly head or is this something that I need to actually pay attention to.
1: Well, and I think that as parents, as as people, it's really important for us to check in and to realize, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And instead of going to that place immediately where I discredit that, I have no right to feel this way, whatever it is, which ultimately comes from a place of comparison to Mm -hmm. other people in their circumstances, Mm -hmm. good or bad. We feel shame for the way that we feel. We invalidate those feelings. We don't feel those feelings Mm -hmm. and we stuff it down, keep going. And then when we do look around, we compare ourselves and we set these expectations, which might not be realistic. And Mm -hmm. I just think In order to be healthy, like you said, we just, we need God and we need each other and we need to be honest with ourselves, with God and with each other Mm -hmm. about what we're feeling, what we're going through. So we don't live under that illusion of isolation, that I'm the only one who feels this. I'm the only one who, I, that, that lie of should, I should be able to do Mm -hmm. this by myself other people do, Oh I, I should be My able to. My capacity should yeah. be
0: bigger and What's better. What's with yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think, and especially in America, we just idolize that busyness. We idolize, wow. we, you know, we, we call those moms who are stretched way too far, who are struggling, who are drowning. Wow. You're such a super mom. And we paint it as a strength. We paint that drowning yes. and that heaping on as a benefit. Mm-hmm. And so we don't get the help that we need right. because we feel like, well, I'm, I'm supposed to be super mom, right? Uh, This is a, this is a good thing. Why am I not grateful for this season? Why am I not doing this? Well recognizing
0: stress capacity, right? So like my husband, his capacity is just pretty massive. Like in general, like just, he runs several businesses. He's not someone who's easily stressed. He's not someone who's easily consumed or worried. He can just turn it on, turn it off. Like that is just part of how God's wired him, which is also why he can run multiple businesses, right? And for the longest time, I would compare myself to him. And I'd go, you're doing all of this and you never get stressed. I'm like doing one tiny little thing and I feel like I'm going to crumble under the weight of the stress. And like, I remember us like sitting with our counselor and I'm like, I'm really struggling. Like I feel inferior in our marriage. And I feel like he has secret resentment because my capacity isn't to the level that his capacity is. And he's like, I don't have any resentment. Yeah, He's like, you're managing everything else. He's like, you are making sure our kids, every appointment that they're getting to, you're getting them to school. You're emotionally taking care of them. You take care of all the gifts and the groceries. And and he's going, I couldn't do any of that. He's like, you do all of that so well and so effortlessly. But isn't it funny? I was comparing that and belittling that, Mm -hmm. that, well, that doesn't bring in money and that doesn't do this and that. And so I'm going, well, I mean, that's not really that hard. That's yeah. not really that stressful. That's exactly what I do. Like, yep. you're running a multimillion-dollar business, and meanwhile, I'm stressing out because I can't figure out how to get everybody everywhere. Like you know, And yet, my husband really kept reiterating over and over and over. He goes, but you're comparing them as though they're equal in measure. He goes, but they're equal in importance. And that was really helpful for me. The thing that God's graced me to do is different than you, and what God's graced my husband is different than me, and vice versa. And when we celebrate that, and we look at that, and we go, "You're doing what God's asked you to do at the capacity." You know, I love that scripture, like "To to whom you know each measure of faith is given." Like you're just meant to steward the measure that you have and the measure you're capable of, and that doesn't make you less than or more than. It just means. You got to show up and do the good job that you have in front of you and trust that that's all yeah. that you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. You know? And I, I think like you said, you know what, your your job has value and you have value. Yeah. And your feelings and what you're struggling with, it has Value And Damn. it deserves to be dealt with, whatever yeah. that is, as unreasonable as you might see it right. as. And I just think it's that balance of taking it to the Lord, mm-hmm. understanding and releasing expectations
0: and leaning into each other. Yes. And yeah. You said something earlier, you know, the thing about when you don't acknowledge it, when you don't acknowledge what you're feeling, almost every time, that will lead to disappointment. Mm-hmm. And disappointment is a really toxic thing that can live in our hearts because if you're not acknowledging that, that was really painful, that situation, or that was really hard or, or whatever, and you try to move on, you're still carrying disappointment. And the thing that I've learned about is it starts to ooze out. Mm -hmm. It will ooze out of your mind, of your mouth, of your actions, and it causes distrust with others and God. And it. I watch it cause detachment. You'll start to detach from the place that is of pain, right? So maybe you've had church hurt and church disappointment. Guess what? You naturally, that disappointment left undealt with. You just start to detach. You start to depart. You start to pull back. There's a reason that God doesn't want us to stay in the place of disappointment. But if you're not acknowledging that it exists, guess Mm -hmm. what? You're living in it. And if that thing will linger. It'll just kind of sit in the shadows and it'll just like poke its head up every now and then. But it will it will cause you to self-sabotage. You know, Jesus wasn't scared of messy things. No. He wasn't scared of people that were messy, and he wasn't scared of getting messy for our sake either. And so I'm just a firm believer of like, pour your mess out, pour your disappointment out. Jesus will meet you in that place. He won't diminish it. He won't belittle it. He will give it value, but he also won't leave you in it. He'll heal what needs to be healed and move you to a really beautiful place that carries wholeness and healing and I think compassion and grace for others that you see coming alongside you that are in the same journey.
1: Now I would never say that having goals is wrong. Having something you're striving for and working toward is wrong, but if you were being honest, if you sit and you ask the Lord, are there areas where unmet expectations have bred disappointment, resentment, bitterness in your heart and that are holding you back from the life that God has for you, your best possible life with him. Now I've had that many times in my life, and if I were to sit with that today, I'm sure there are areas that even right now I'm struggling with this. And that's what grace is for, right? He says that when we call out to him, he meets us. When we seek him, we will find him. So let's seek him in this. And if you are going through this right now, you're struggling with comparison and security, you're not alone. Oh my goodness. If you wanna connect, if you wanna talk about this, one on one, a little deeper, summer at seriouslyhow.com. I'm here for you. Or if you want to go on Facebook, just search for No Seriously How Do I Do This? Join her community. And as always, if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you access podcasts. If you wouldn't mind rating the show, it'll help other people find it as well. But I want you to hear this today you are loved, you are not alone.